piss, 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 Howdy there, sir, and welcome back to Endgame, a Riverdale podcast where two dreamy people and also a third-person review, a nightmare of a show. I am your first host, Hiram's Areola Size. I'm your second host, Furry Fight. And I'm your third host, Homoerotic Russian Roulette. We have been drinking for like two hours. And we have COVID. Oh yeah, we have Oh, uh, well, okay. We have the bad one, too. Only one of us has col- co- COVID. Has colon. Screw <laughs> you. <laughs> and that's a homoerotic Russian roulette. I mean, Only yeah. she has COVID. Right now. But I've had it within the last 90 days, and so Furry Fight just got over it, so we're like fine. two days ago, or like a day ago. We're fine to drink, really. And I was very feverish today. I had an actual fever, and like, I was not she well. She also had a movie pin. Yeah. Instead of your dream, to, instead of the dream, I tell have us a really your movie. Good dream, though. Okay, tell us your dream. All right. So, um, I told you it has to do with dental dams, but not in the way you expect. For some reason, I was at uni and doing a science experiment. Somehow, we were using fancy dental dams. I remember that they were clear, like actually fully clear, um, and they they were like flavorless someone's mystery flavored <laughs> so weird to me that dental names aren't clear but i don't remember exactly what they looked like all i know is that i knew they were fancy dental dams and when i was done with my experiment i had leftover dental dams and i figured other groups must have leftovers too so dream me went to every single group walked out and was like hey me and my girlfriend would love free dental dams <laughs> and i just collected free fancy science dental dams from random uni students and that was the dream i'm an entrepreneur just so i understand correctly your uni does have free sex supplies no dental dental dams not dental dams no of course not you can just snip actually i think it says they do on their website but you have to ask specifically an old scottish man at the desk to give them to you (laughs) but that's also which is like 40 minutes don't say the fuck I'll replace it by Russian with Russian roulette. Okay, so your name's Russian roulette. Who's homoerotic Russian roulette? Russian roulette. Homoerotic. Wow. 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 Okay. My- We're slowly. I'm starting from zero in the song Russian roulette. And trying to get through the entirety of the song by the end of the. Do you know the entire song? No, I'm gonna edit it in post. No, I don't know the whole song Russian roulette. Oh, I- I thought you were gonna sing it. Like, I'm drunk, I'm tired. I know Russian. Anyway. I'm getting anxious about how to tell my dream. I don't think you're gonna like it. So anyway. You want um, me to go first? Nope. In this dream, (laughs) me and Russian roulette were in my room, like just sitting on the bed. Uh Uh-huh. And we were just talking, like normally. And then I heard Hiram Zariola calling from outside the room. And I was like, what the hell is he doing? What is he saying? And you walked in holding those little scissors that are in, like, nail clipping kits. Do you know oh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'm and so you why, just, though? You walked in. Oh, and you looked at Russian roulette. And you just went, 
Hey, Russian roulette. Do you want to circumcise me? <laughs> and then she was like, yeah, I'll circumcise you. And, and I was like, why? What the shit? Why would this be happening? And I was freaking out. And you two were calm as fucking cucumbers. <laughs> And you guys were just talking about it. And I was just like, no, 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 no. And then I covered my hands over my eyes in the dream so I couldn't see anything. And I was freaking out. And then I panicked. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast where demisexual lesbian circumcises an asexual straight man. I panicked so much that I woke myself up from anxiety. <laughs> That's my favorite. You, you covered your eyes to protect yourself from a thing you were making happen. And I, I've never where I like can't see what's going on in the dream. Like it was like I had hands over my eyes. I couldn't see. Yeah, that definitely beats my dream. I heard like sounds. What was the sound? I heard you two talk. Snap, snap. She was just like, all right, first snip. No, I. Good job. Uh, second snip. No, I heard you talking. And the last thing I heard was the unzip of a zipper, and then I got anxious. <laughs> God, I'm a modern day Abraham, truly. Why were you holding nail clipper scissors? What would that be? What would you rather? I have like full paper scissors. I'm like, hey, you want to do? I would rather I had had this pencil sharpener. I bring in shears. No pencil sharpener. I was like, and she agreed so quickly. She was just like, oh, of course I'll do that for you. And you were like, thank you so much. Did you not do that for me? You didn't ask me. You asked her. And you were like calling. You were like outside the door like, hey, would you circumcise? Hey, you are you having phone sex? Second follow-up question. <laughs> Will you circumcise me? And you just poked her head around the corner of the door. And we're like, you want to circumcise me? <laughs> And it was like, I, I like literally that. was so upset. In, in your dream, his thought process was go to the bathroom, see the nail scissors, be like, no, it's gotta be done. Gotta be done. And I also remember like, being confused because I thought you were already circumcised. And I was like, I don't know. That's <laughs> so weird because I was about to ask, do you think I'm circumcised? <laughs> Like, if you have someone's birth certificate, like the time when they would have gotten the snippy snippy. Do is there something on that that says they got the snip? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. So I think like if someone was doing like a background search of you, not of you, but of me, <laughs> they could find out so much <laughs> of my back. life except whether or not I was circumcised. Oh my god. That would be something I could keep to myself. I mean, there's like myself. records of it happening, like who did it and stuff. They record but, it. But where? I like the in the Bible. Sorry. In the Bible, it's God made penises a certain way a thousand years past, and you was like, wait a second, I don't think I like that anymore. Abraham, fix it. That's the fucking justification. It's and Abraham so was like, yeah, God. You're like, I will fix it. And then every person was all like, God wants us to fix it. So you dream. Anyway, we haven't gotten to Riverdale literally at all. Anyway, my dream is that um, my name was Furry Fight and I was dating a homoerotic Russian roulette. And um, we regu- uh, I worked at a coffee shop and there was a regular at our coffee shop. And it was this girl. She had long, blonde, semi-curly hair, kind of wavy. She what? Was That's cute. not true. That's just you're making shit up. Oh, what did, what did they look like? I just know that that's your type. 
So I just described something that's too tight. Hey! No, they weren't even cute, is the thing. (laughs) This is that godforsaken dream that he forgot to record, like, months and months back. That he has been teasing ever since then. I had to make sure that I was recording to be like, I'm not losing this anyway. I was wrong about my description. They had short, blonde, straight hair. Their eyes were green. They're orbs. They're <laughs> Do you Their name was Ebony Ravenclaw. Oh my god. Do you Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway. Like yeah, I, she was not something I like at all. It was like hair to the chin line oh, that was very black and like straight and black. curled in. Oh, okay. If you know Thoroughly Modern Millie, she looks like Millie. I don't know what that is. If you know 20s flapper girls, she has that bob. Oh, yeah, that was it. That's... Anyway, she she frequented their coffee shop. She got a cafe con leche. (laughs) And one day, she was like, yo, do you want to have a threesome? And me, once again, furry fight, was so into this idea that I demanded a threesome. No, she wasn't. Anyway, she agreed to the threesome. Uh, so did homoerotic Russian roulette. However, and I'll let you in on a secret here, Sarah, none of them actually wa- Well, that's not true. Coffee girl the did. coffee girl did want a threesome. The other two didn't want a threesome. But they had the threesome anyway. But I don't know how to conceptualize threesomes, so I'm sure it's not what threesomes are actually like. And then she was so, like, anxious about the threesome. Once again, after it happened in her dream... No, it was... That she woke up anxious about this dream, still dreaming, mind you, and anxious about the fact that she would have to tell homoerotic Russian roulette that they had a threesome that they both agreed to that neither one wanted to participate in in a dream within her dream. And then she woke up from that dream and was super anxious and I was like, what the fuck? It's six For in the morning. For five Shut minutes, I sat up. there and stared at my girlfriend and was like, I don't know if this is the end for us. <laughs> I was gonna dump you. I was five in the morning. Fair I was boys. so tired. I, I was, was like, tired. I was like, Shut the fuck up. I wanna sleep. <laughs> yeah, I woke her up and was like, this happened. She was like, okay, can we go back to sleep now? Anyway, um, my drink of choice tonight is a Smirnoff Ice Red, White, and Berry Blue Raspberry Cherry and Citrus Premium Malt Beverage with Natural Flavors and Certified Colors Limited Edition, 12 fluid ounces with 4.5% alcohol per volume. And I just mixed apple rum and Pepsi and I lost my sense of taste. I don't know what the fuck I was drinking. Uh, so <laughs> I basically only tasted sweet. This has barcode 820009. They can find us, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so dedicated. I've, I tracked the barcode. From Sweden they find right now. us through one can of a July 4th edition Smirnoff Ice. Oh, uh, in case you're wondering, um, homoerotic Russian roulette wrote, I wish we could have a threesome with a hot lady at a coffee shop. And then give a circumcision to was our friend. at the coffee shop? Yeah. It was in the back. There was a room full of pillows. It was weird. Why was there a room full of pillows How would I know? It's the coffee shop sex room. Yes. Did you just, you accidentally got a, sh- a job at a, like a sex coffee shop like and you didn't nice, know? It was a pretty nice like little room. Like if we weren't having a threesome it would have been a nice place to read. <laughs> Oh, there were just so many piles of pillows. I was like, we were going from pile to pile. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> sit up, sit down. Stand blind, up. Blindfold, blindfold, blindfold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we 
got Classic drunk. I also sex. didn't see some of it. Anyway. Well, that's because you had your head and, and some titties. You're so right. <laughs> Double the U, but small area. <laughs> but, um, the ideal boobs. Wait, she had bigger boobs than me? I don't, I didn't see her What boobs. was her areola Sure size? was on. I didn't see shit. I truly did sure not see on. her body. I didn't see her body at all. <laughs> All I remember is she was off, probably, like, doing something to herself. I don't remember. And you and me went into a corner, and I was like, I don't want to be doing this. And you were like, oh, I don't either. And then we looked, and, and then we both the looked at, like, oh, yeah. And we both turned and looked at her, and we were both like, it's too late, it's begun. And we were like, we have to do this. And we, and we were like, okay, we're going to do it. But she, she said, she... apparently, we were a good team. <laughs> anyway... Good teamwork. I love this dream. <laughs> the fact that it's a dream within a dream makes it so funny because the actual dream is exactly what happened when she woke up. Her being stressed about oh telling me. And I was just God. like, that coffee I, shop girl um, was loud for no reason. She would like sit down and be like, ah! Uh, and I, I was like so annoyed in the dream. I was like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to fucking hear it. Like I was annoyed. That's what you like about her is that she's really quiet. I've been told not to speak about this. I said nothing. Two girls, one cafe con leche. Okay, so Penelope's the gargoyle king. The black hood is here. So is Chick. So is Charles. There's FBI people. They're trying to escape the farm. Um, the the gang is in a weird little quest thing to try to not die because Penelope is the gargoyle king. Um, you learn so much fucking information, and that's the episode. <laughs> I, I love when Riverdale has, like, ha, like spends 21 episodes prepping a plot, and then on the 22nd episode, someone walks into the writer's yeah. room, and they're like, we have to, we have what? to finish the season. And Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa looked up from his cocaine, and was like, <laughs> what the there's fuck? an end to the, there's an end to the seasons? And then he was like, you know what, I'm he not gonna coke? end it. Of course. What the fuck? I would bet money on it. <laughs> like, I think all of them do, if, like, LSD. If you're, if you're like, do you think Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa has done cocaine? I'd be like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think all of them Often. do LSD while they Many write. Many times. I think all the writers No, weirdly, do I, don't think, I don't think R.A.S. did did LSD until season six when he wrote. I so agree with that. No, yeah, season right? five. Season five. Because season no. five has the Mothman. I think season five no, I he think... tried coke that was laced with something and that like triggered something and it started Yeah, I think, so I think his first time, I, I think his first time on acid corresponded with the Rat King episode. <laughs> I so agree with that. I so agree. Rat King. Oh, right, the first scene is fake. Both, both of you shut the fuck Ooh. up. Got to see. Tony tells Penelope. That's the first scene. It opens with Tony <coughs> with Penelope, and she tells Penelope that Cheryl and Betty are in danger at the farm. We also get a shot of Tony's bloody and dirty feet. Disgusting. <laughs> Why are you looking at her feet, you weirdo? Because it's in the middle of the camera. Disgusting. <laughs> fucking wash your feet. She ran through the woods. So fucking wash your she feet. She was gonna die. I do not care. You're the only person who washes her feet like that because you're fucked up. It's not. Yeah. I wish you would wash your feet every night before you go to sleep. Oh my god. If I had that's one. That's because week. she likes feet and no, she doesn't like gross I, feet. No, that's because I don't she like dirt in my bed. See, whereas when I suck feet, I think the dirt adds flavor. It does. When it she. <laughs> no, I don't. Like Can you imagine how disgusting it is? People whose feet have been everywhere and then they go to bed with them. That's disgusting. So the next scene. <laughs> I'm not drunk anymore. I'm just tipsy. 
<laughs> so then we cut to to Jug, um, talking to FP about I don't remember. <laughs> so then Edgar is about to do surgery on Betty. No, I'm, you're not allowed to call it surgery when he takes an actual chisel and hammer and brings it up to the side of her head as if she's about to chisel her brain out. It's a lobotomy. So Edgar is about you to... You don't use a chisel for a lobotomy! So Edgar is about to torture Betty when Ethel walks in and says that there's something... I don't think it's torture if she's, like, asleep and under gonna anesthesia. Say, I was going to say, is it torture if So Edgar is about to chisel Betty. Thank you. When Ethel walks in and says there's somebody who wants to talk to Edgar, and it's Penelope. Edgar's about to try and make Michelangelo on Betty's skull. It's also a fucking statue! It's the famous... He's about to make Venus de Milo. Sorry, I should have made a better statue reference. Yeah, you should have. Me, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine instead of a tattoo, someone was like, can you engrave titties on my skull? (laughs) Penelope blackmails Edgar by saying she knows about his organ harvesting because Tony just told her and that she wants to buy organs in bulk, which you're supposed to understand means she wants to buy a human being. Now, out which of the I three of us, only Hiram's areola size got it. I didn't get it. I was like, why the I fuck would either. you buy it in bulk? That's useless. I thought that was a dumbass. weird way to say it. I was just confused what the fuck she wants to do with that. You many see what organs. what happened was RAS was feeling a little creative R-A-S. in the way. That- <laughs> when will we it's a man's that name. We fucking record it? It's a man's nice. name. Do you think he's circumcised thoughts? We shouldn't record it no. fucking midnight. Okay. Thank you for your answer. I'm gonna look that up though. <laughs> then Jug meets with a sex worker who gives him information about Kurtz. And she also says that she's met Jason and Penelope before. Let me t- I'm going to keep you updated on where this episode loses me. I get that Tony told Penelope stuff. Pe- Penelope's blackmailing Edgar. I think that all makes sense in the context of the show. Um, I think Jug meeting with the sex worker makes sense and learning information about Jason and Penelope. I'm still good with that. For the record, this whole season has made it so abundantly clear that it's Penelope and then it's like backtracked to try to make you think it's other people because they realize they just made it super clear that it's Penelope. Yeah, it has the inverse Hal problem. Yes. Oh, I didn't finish my chisel her brain thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, it ended with the Bedgar shippers are quaking. Uh, yes. You can chisel my brain. Do you think Do you think Bedgar shippers were really sad when Edgar was about to murder Betty? No, I think they liked it. Ew. They were like, he's chiseling her. <laughs> mm. Romantic date he's, night. He, he views her lobotom- as art. Romantic date night. Give each other lobotomies. Then Veronica meets with a lawyer who tells her in <clears throat> Hermione that Pops... Um, the fight place, El Royale, El Royale and um, La Banda, we are all co-owned. You may have heard of the fight club. Now okay. get ready for the boot like the fight place. Are now co-owned by Hermione and Veronica. I like that you only had, like, room in your brain for two language, like, establishments. It's too much, man. It's too much. What she gives, she ends up giving El Royale to Archie for free, mind you. Um, now, like, he still has to pay property taxes on that. Like yearly, right? I no. I don't know how taxes work, and I'm too afraid to learn. Okay, I can't. Great point. You know what? Actually, neither do I. I'm just gonna cross this out. 
I'm just, I literally wrote down what are El Royale taxes because I didn't like have a statement on it. Just that like I don't think he has enough like income to pay for that. But anyway, he has no income. I think he exactly have, right. I think he would have to. He would have to pay taxes on it. In some on the capacity. building. I think yeah, but so. Yeah, he doesn't make money because he's just yeah, like, oh, you want to hang out? Sure. But, like, she could punch me in the face, I guess. give him the money to pay for it, I guess. But that would make everything, his taxes so weird because it would be like, What's you your have in- to claim it on your taxes. What was your income? It was Not my Zero. Gr- zero. <laughs> However, my girlfriend did give me money to pay for the taxes. <laughs> Tell me how to dodge my taxes, but don't tell the IRS I said this. This It's a very pointed message for people that are accountants, don't have morality, and aren't the IRS. And then we cut to Betty waking up in a strange room with an invitation taped to a little thing. I don't know what the thing was. It was a dress. Okay. It pretty much said, wear this. Yes, and she wears the dress. super ugly little jacket. Oh, sorry, I remember why I wrote funny story, Mark. Ha ha, anyway, how's your sex life? I wrote that, one, as a reference to the room, a thing you and I saw together, but two, um, because when Archie comes in and says, I own a building now, his mom's response is, cool. Are you boning? So are you boning? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, look, a knock at the door. Which hey, is mother, like the... I'm dating someone. Do you have joint bank accounts? Yeah. It's the opposite but... of, do you have joint bank accounts? <laughs> it's like someone saying, I own legal property, but are you fucking... How I'd feel if somebody was like, "Yeah, I just gave you this legal property without your consent." I'd be like, "I don't, hate I don't that. want it. Take it." Anyway, Betty's here because Penelope bought her, and yes. Ras like read one He's Harry like... Style buys you a you when he was like fourteen, <laughs> and this has shaped every single thing he wrote for this season. Yes. Yeah, so Betty has been bought by, by Penelope, the she... child bride who was well. We're gonna get to from that. An we're gonna get to it. She, but you couldn't have waited one scene. That's fine. So oh, wow. she's she's wearing. Oh wow. She's wearing a dress. That's ugly. She walks down. Why would? Why did Penelope buy her? I don't know. She's the only one in like a thematic outfit. It's specifically for my significant other who likes dresses. Yeah, it was for a loat meal. Loat meal. Hello, um, we love you. So Betty walks. Sorry for talking about circumcision, clitoris, areola size. Like a lot of things that aren't going to be fun for you. We love you, though. I'm sorry. They're just such fun things to talk about. And Ariel is such a fun word. Ariel? No one talks about... It's a about... pretty name if it didn't mean what it meant. Exactly. You like, agree? if someone was like, I named my child Ariola, like, so and I didn't know what that meant. That's pretty. Like, if I went, say, to Spain, and I said, yeah, this is my child Ariola, they'd be like, oh, that's a, that's a pretty name. That's but if I said that here, they'd be like, what? What the hell is wrong with you? Did you... Or should we call CPS? I think, about, this all. I think about things that are pretty names but can't be names very often. Like Vagina. a lot. No, I think Vulva would be a very Vulva pretty name. Vulva pr- would be a very pretty name. She sees all of her friends, and by all of her friends, I mean... Jughead. Jug, Veronica... And Archie dressed up, but not as nice as her, sitting at a big. Tragically, they don't include everyone in the inner circle. (laughs) Otherwise, Ethel would be sitting at the head of the table. Sitting at a big long table. So Penelope explains that everyone sitting at the table is the sons and daughters of the Midnight Club, except she doesn't say minus Reggie, minus Josie, minus Kevin, minus minus everyone fucking else that was in the Midnight Club, and might not. And not all the sons and daughters, because also Jelly Bean exists. So, like, what the and shit Polly. does that mean? Yeah, like, and Polly! What is this? <laughs> I, okay, if you were doing, like, Firstborn, it would be Polly and not Betty. 
Or if you were doing all of them, it would be Polly and also Jellybean. Well, if you were doing fir- Firstborn, you'd have to bring in Hermosa. Yeah, And they didn't even know Hermosa exactly. existed and yet. Charles. Well, I think that didn't, doesn't count because... Um, they hadn't invented her yet? No, no, no. They were talking about people who were in the Midnight Club, and her mom wasn't in the Midnight Club. They were talking about children. Um, yes, she was. Hermosa's mom is not in the Midnight Club. Okay, but Hermosa's dad is in the Midnight Club. Yeah, but I think she meant two. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Where the fuck is my man Reggie? Anyway, I would just want to say, I was, this is where the episode began to lose me. I think it was when we switched we just switched to Betty you mean 10 minutes in yes 7 minutes in we switched to Betty being in the hunting lodge all of a sudden and walking down and all our friends are sitting there at the table and I'm like what the shit we missed something they all just went there I know but like there's such a weird so Penelope begins explaining her plan like a Scooby Doo villain yeah um and so she's she brings out the black hood and the garg Penelope is very kind and gives Jug the opportunity to guess who the Garg is. And he's like, it's fucking Chick. And everyone's like, yeah, it's Chick. And then she's like, oh my god, it's Chick. <laughs> it's what Chick, though. It's Chick. Sorry, before we talk about this, Chick now has dyed red hair. He is going by Jason. Oh. Um, he has tattoos on his back. This problem, it, it, like, has to rest on the fact that Ethel thought that Chick looked like Jason. Because Chick... Had red hair. However, I may posit to you, Sarah, that Cheryl... No, Cheryl and Jason are twins. She should know what Jason looks like. They went to school together. They were in the same class, kind of. They, they were the same age a little also, bit. Kinda not. season one, his face would have been plastered all over the news. I don't know how how like a like a like Ethel specifically someone in the inner circle mind you would like especially when Cheryl and Jason were so like interconnected and like totally boning and like you would look at them walking with their hands held down the hall and you would have to know it's Jason and then like you met the gargoyle king and he said words and you'd have to be like wait a second Jason wouldn't speak Jason never speaks <laughs> But Except like, for the twice. somehow Ethel's brain was like, no, 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 that's totally Jason, because despite his face shape, like, body type, and voice being different, he has red hair. Literally, one of the main characters is also a man with red hair. Do you know how much they had to drop the ball to not have a fucking reason for the gargoyle ki- Like, why the fuck would it be Chick? Their explanation, okay, is that the Black Hood? Okay, is that Penelope and Hal were fucking? That's totally fine. I actually, yes, that's Penelope fine. having connection to the Black Hood, I'm fine with that. Yes, and that Penelope was encouraging him to kill people, I actually am fine with that as well. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fine. That's fine. She was helping him murder people the first season, and you didn't know she was behind the scenes. Second season. What the fuck ever. <laughs> um, but... Then they say that the way Chick got involved is that Betty released Chick to be murdered by the Black Hood. And while the Black Hood was chasing him, trying to murder him, he paused and said, and I quote, I recognized a kinship in him, end quote, and decided that instead of fucking murdering this guy, he was going to take him under his wing and help him murder other, like, join forces. So now Penelope, Chick, and the Black Hood are all... But, like, what's that like? Like, you're running for your life. A guy tackles you. He's like, I have a business proposition. Would you like to wear stilts? And what is your opinion on a lot of sticks? How, how, how do you get him to agree to that? 
How do you get him to be... The way this loses me is that we don't get, like... I want to see the behind the scenes of the Black Hood Chick and Penelope, like, working together. Because all three of these people do not like doing things that other people say. Like, character-wise. We know things about them. This doesn't work. At all. This is not characteristic of Chick. I don't understand why Chick has to be here. Because if... Somehow, if Penelope could just be like, yeah, me and Hal were working together this whole time. That would be fine. Like, if he was in jail and she was doing things outside of jail, like, to help him. I'm I'm confused because the way that they try to get out of the Jason thing is they say that Penelope has been calling Chick Jason as like trying to substitute Chicken for her own son. Yes. Problem. If Ethel knew that Penelope was causing calling Chick Jason, then Ethel must have seen Penelope with the Gargoyle King, and upon being asked point blank by Jughead. She didn't think that that was a thing that she should bring up. We all... Okay, so we know that this doesn't make sense in the show. I also just want to say, it doesn't make sense... Okay, Penelope reveals that she wants revenge for being sold as a child bride in Riverdale. And she blames Riverdale for that for some godforsaken reason. She blames the whole town of Riverdale for her being sold as a child bride. Sure. Fine motivation. Okay, can you just put yourself in this headspace? Imagine you're Penelope, you were sold as a child bride. <laughs> uh, no, it's not, it's sad. But I'm, you, were sold, you were sold as a child bride. And you want revenge on, you want revenge for that. Sure, that's completely fine. You're valid for being angry. Why would your method of revenge be like, I want, okay, I'm going to befriend this guy that I don't know is a serial killer yet. Like, how the fuck did she know the black that was the Black Hood? So I'm going to befriend a guy I think could possibly be a serial killer. And then I find out he will be a serial killer, and I fuck him. And then I convince him to be, an, to be a serial killer for me, to murder people that have nothing to do with me getting sold as a child bride. Literally have nothing to do with the fact that that happened. I'm going to get him to murder random-ass people, some of whom aren't even in Riverdale. Okay? And then I'm going to get him to get someone else... To pretend to be a mythical creature from a game that I'm going to redistribute in the town. That I already distributed. This is a 20 year long plan to get revenge that in, that hinges on somebody being a serial killer. That's not her. So she was cho- sold as a child blood, right? And then the only bit of joy in her life after that point was the G&G group in which she got to play and like have friendships. So why would the specific vendetta she has be against the Midnight Club, the one thing in her childhood that brought her joy after being sold as a child bride? And so the problems we have with this are, how does it relevant to the plot? Why the fuck would she do it? And if she was going to do it, why would it be the people that she was picking? And fool, where the f- did she get all the game pieces? That's just so confusing. Okay. And, because... uh, and after that, you still have to assume that completely unrelatedly, Hiram was like, I know. no, I know how to use this, actually. Let me print out, like, an extension to this already existed board game. Also distribute the board game and use it so people also try to murder specifically the children of Midnight Club members. But also to find... A random man to dress up as a gargoyle king <laughs> and stand around in I the mean, woods he is a cam for girl. fucking days. He this, is a cam girl, so you know. He's a man. <laughs> but <laughs> why? I can't imagine Chick. Imagine Chick right now. Think about Chick's plot lines. That man 
got his ass in a giant stick costume. Seven days a week. 24-7, seven days a week, and wandered around in it. Like, why? Also, the line about, like, no mass at the dinner table implies that they all have dinner together? Like, some <laughs> dark, twisted serial killer so family? That's me. the thing. Okay, this episode could have worked many ways. It could have worked if Penelope was going after the people who actually sold her as a child bride. It would have been fine with it. Could have worked. She did, though. She did kill all the sisters. But Except also, for fucking bitch. I know, it doesn't work. Um, Black Hood was figure out someone you know in the show that is doing something bad. It didn't make sense, but that was it. This is the people you know who have already done bad things are all still doing bad things. That's the twist. I just, we know it's stupid, but I needed to try to explain to the best of my ability why this is such a dumb and funny, like... I know I'm just ranting about how much it's bad. I think it's so fucking No, funny. I like this twist. I, no. I, I like the fact I, that it makes no sense. I like this twist that it makes no sense and it's not a twist because it's not like, oh my god, somebody you didn't know was bad is helping. It's like, yeah, you know all those three bad people who have done horrible things the whole show? The, guy, the guy that you already saw escaped and had a hook hand. Yeah, he's part of it. Man um, more hand the person that more. you've seen murder people multiple <laughs> times. She's actually bad, actually. And weirdly... A guy that you thought was dead that you didn't like and is was pretending to be her brother is now pretending to be a completely distinct brother. Also, he dyed his hair. Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> the problem with this season is they did the farm and the Gargoyle King and Hiram's plotline, and they're all overlapping, and you all, at some points, think they're the same no, plotline, and none of them are the same. No. They're all completely different plotlines. That are, like, how are these all happening at the same time? Because the farm is its own thing. Yes. Hiram is taking advantage and creating, like, a subcult within the larger yeah, gargoyle cult. but it's cult. not about, he has nothing to nothing do with Nothing to do. Oh my Except god, for the fact that he does. Except for the fact that with. he does explicitly at the end of season two control the moves of Penelope. I know. And that doesn't, that's not relevant. Like... It's, Other than the fact that he gets definitely in control, and he he's not. To the sisters. I <laughs> like the point of the beginning right, of this season. The, yes. Oh my god! Because I <laughs> forgot about the the fact that so the idea is that Penelope redistributed the game. It was Chick to Ben Button. It to went Doily. in a certain order. Yes. Yeah, it went in a certain order, and then to everyone. To Ethel. But and then to everyone. Yeah. Unrelatedly, the sisters also started playing the game. And also, Hiram's controlled prison was playing the game. But no, I just, the sisters and Hiram's prison didn't wasn't a part of Penelope's plan. It just it happened. Was, the sisters were using it for, like, therapy purposes, and Hiram was using it for his own thing, and Penelope was using it for her own thing, and three people independently of each other, but also not, because they're, bu- they're all connected, we're like, this is this is how we should do it. And this, and Ethel is, every, is in every single one of them. The problem is, the beginning of the season especially, it's setting up these three plot lines, but it always sets them up like they're obviously going to connect. Like, it so clearly makes it like Hiram and the farm... And the Gargoyle King are all the same thing. I mean, you're not allowed... You know, like, they have an entire episode yes. called The Man in Black where yes. he delivers them G&G yeah. cards. And it's there's they're, they're supposed to be the same plot line. And the point of the season is you're supposed to try to be piecing it together how they're the same plot line. Like, who's running what? 
is yeah. the interesting thing. So the fact that none of them connect is just like, what the fuck was this season? <laughs> also, a problem with the season, I think they bit off more than they could shoot because the first two seasons is like, I mean, there's yeah. multiple, su- there's obviously subplots, but there's a point. Like the first season is like, who killed Jason? Yeah. That's it. The whole thing is who killed Jason. Even if there's other sub things, it, that's the main thing. The second season is who the fuck is the Black Hood? That's the whole season. It's important. It's like who well, is yeah. It? the the first The first season is like, like Cheryl's family. Yeah. What's all this sh- that's going down in Cheryl's family? And, and then, then second season, what's everything that's happening in Betty's family? Yes. Betty's family is a whole mess. Let's figure out yeah. what's happening there. And third the third season, season is just they tried to put in like this could have been three different seasons. The farm could have been a season. Gargoyle King could have been a season. And then fucking Hiram could be a season. Because those are different families. But no. Because Hiram's family is so much. Yes. Like, they, they even introduce in. more things for Hiram's family. Yeah. The other two seasons were so focused on that specific. Like, they had an end point. Yeah. The end point is just find out information. It's The end point for this season is connect three completely separate plot lines. I don't know if There's, they... That's not an end point. I don't know if they were, like, um, worried about not being able to, like, continue the show. Like, I don't know if they're, like, oh my god, what if it gets cancelled? No. And I have, like, three great plot ideas. Let's all put this in one season. The I bold just... position is that it was secretly Fred Andrews, but then Luke Perry died, and they were left <laughs> floundering on how to complete the season. And the main point was supposed to be the, si- like... The sisters. I don't know why. Like, the sisters should have been... Penelope was sold to the sisters. Oh, it so should have been the sisters. And then then Hiram was, like, giving money to the sisters. And the farm is part of the sisters. But they just don't... Wasn't the sister shit the mid-season finale? Yeah. Yeah. The sisters would have been such an easy way to end the season. And they don't. They don't end it like that. They don't even bring it up. They still had an alive sister. You could have just had fucking her. Just talking the whole episode. Like, she could be talking, we could be flashing back to, like, how this fucking happened. And that could be the episode. That's what they do in season four. They have a whole episode where they just and, like, talk what, about how it happened. And it could be a really cool thing of, like, why did she kill the rest of the sisters? Because, like, they, she felt like people were on her trail. She had to, like, get them. That could have been a thing. And it would have also been an interesting plot to be, like, the sisters is the center of it. And the three plot lines are all people trying to get revenge on the sisters at the same time. And it got really convoluted. Like, yeah. if Penelope was trying to take revenge on the sisters, Hiram was funding them and didn't want to fund them anymore or something. Like, and all of those were connecting. The farm could have, that would work. But no. Yeah. Nope. They don't connect. They are not connected. They're, the farm is not anything to do with Penelope. This, what my official opinion on the season, so fun to watch when you're not thinking about any, any of it. Any of it. It's so funny to be like, oh, the gargoyle king is <laughs> talking to Hiram. Why not? And then see this and be like, yeah, of course it's it's Hal. Because we knew Hal wasn't Hiram, dead. Hiram, the gargoyle king does start to Hiram. Yes. Was that freaking shit? Yes. Like, <laughs> it's, so, it's so fun to watch the season and just be like, I don't fucking care. Like, this is just funny. I think the season is such a fun season to watch because it doesn't matter what happens. Because it's not relevant at the end nothing that happens matters and it's so fun doing this podcast about the season i hate it yeah i hate it because i have to fucking analyze why things are happening and there's no reason and they did learn from that in season four because they have a whole episode explaining why season four makes so much sense that's why i don't like it as much i don't give i i know you don't like it i love it but that's because 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 season three season three beat me down sarah (laughs) season three they got i know exactly when season three lost me when i first watched it it was when they unveiled Moose's dad. Oh, oh my god, that's so early king. on. As soon as they unveiled Moose's dad, I was like, I'm lost. 
And, like, it never got me. I never was not lost again. I was just so confused. And, like, for, for I binged the first three seasons in, like, what, a week and a half? So, here I, like, I would be watching this at, like, 3, 4 a.m. Oh, God. And, like, the Gargoyle King would be like, behind the sisters. You. It just washed over They you. had the Griffin Queen, and and you just had so much happening. And I was like, I, am, I just hate this. That's the thing, though. This is my favorite season because I don't have to think about it. The Gargoyle King washes over me. I'm like, yeah, the Gargoyle King's here. I'm like, man, hook, car hand, hook door. Like, it's just <laughs> washing over me. I'm like, yeah, of course, Hal is in bed. He's alive now. Like, I'm just like, it's happening, and I'm just watching it watching nonsense and it's so fun because it's just nothing matters but like i think the podcast is a very interesting way of looking at it because they do release these weekly and us watching them weekly and like having to engage with them one at a time instead of like as a mishmash group it does make you feel like i just spent like five months of my life <laughs> <laughs> on fucking chick not five months every of our life. Every single week, every day, thinking about the podcast and Riverdale. Every day. <laughs> every day. And it was fucking Penelope boning Hal, who chased after Chick, who convinced him to wear sticks, who Penelope was like, dye your hair red so I can pretend you're my son. <laughs> and then they started a cult to get revenge on her friends because she was sold as a child bride, unrelatedly a subcult forms to murder Archie Andrews because he's Archie Andrews and he's dating Hiram's daughter. Also unrelatedly, another subcult forms for like conversion therapy f purposes. And while all of that's happening, there's a fourth cult unrelated to the three of them even a little bit. And what, uh, they're harvesting organs. We do this podcast for you. <laughs> now back to the show. Penelope says she wants to play another game with um, the gang. Um, the quest, if you will. is It's a series of things scattered throughout the woods that Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead have to complete in order to not die. So if they refuse to do it, they'll die. If they play some of the things, they might die, but at least they have a risk of living. She literally put 50% of the group in very, very, very impractical dresses. Well, was yeah. like, um, this is fine. She also put I would like if it was 100%. Like, she walked down, Judge <laughs> still wearing his signature beanie, but he's also in, like, a long, flowing ball gown. Oh, you would love that. <laughs> Well, no need to drag him. Good lord. I'm not drag him. him. I'm not. <laughs> That's funny. Um, That's a good joke. Thank you. So, so they go into the woods and they follow these arrows. And then we cut to Cheryl trying to convince... Oh, but not. How do they ever know where to go? How do they ever know... The big giant arrows <laughs> pointed at... It's like a... It's like a freaking... There's a board of wood. Someone carved a seashell design into it. And then another person later... Drew with red paint an arrow. You know, they could have just painted the red arrows on the fucking trees. <laughs> they could have just used, like, fucking paint. They nailed a piece of thing, a piece of wood onto a tree. There were, it was like a 12-step process. <laughs> that was so dumb. For, like, something that can be achieved with paint. Literally, some intern did that. Those are real trees. 
Like some intern. They went to the forest. Oh, one thing. Um, so like once they come in and like Chick and Hal are revealed, she starts to explain like her entire plot. And like it doesn't make sense, but this entire time, Hal and Chick are like seated at the seated at the table, and I think it'd be very funny if they treated it like dinner. <laughs> she like, says it's a dinner, and then they don't eat. I no, know, yeah, if like Penelope was like, I just, and then I got close to Hal, some and, rules. I, and I <laughs> and I prepped his murderous intent, and Hal's just like, Hey, Patty, can, can, Pass can you the gravy. <laughs> I need some ketchup over here. Can I have the Brussels sprouts, please? See, I would love that because Jug would probably just be like... <laughs> yeah, Jug would be eating. Unrealistically, Jug's not eating. He would be eating so much. He'd be like, Hal, throw me that roll. Give <laughs> it to like, me. Like, everyone else like, would be sitting there awkwardly well, like, looking at each other. Long, and you long, could long. cut to Jug shoving rolls in his mouth like a squirrel and being like, what? And they're like, what? What? I, mean, I, I, already, I already figured this out. Yeah, I want like, to eat. <laughs> what this is i'm just eating Fuck i'm you. i'm homeless do you guys forget like I, I i've spent my entire past year dealing with it i know that she's yeah. the person i would be so like, good you. as a riverdale writer that would have been a little moment of funny in the tension <laughs> anyway Love instead it's like a, a three minutes of her talking <laughs> um then cheryl tries to convince kevin and fangs to leave the farm and she tells kevin and fangs that edgar is I'm um, gonna kill all of them at Ascension or something, I think. And harvesting organs. Yeah, and they're she's like, like I don't did care. you know? And they're like, I don't care. Yeah, Kevin's like, I don't fucking care. And she's like, I know where they are, but they're not actually. He moved them, I don't know where he got, like a second walk in freezer. <laughs> When yeah. this place is still the ruins of a conversion See, therapy. okay, I would never have understood that when she said she wanted to buy organs in bulk, she meant Betty, because all the organs being gone just solidified. Just solidified, like, no! That she bought all the organs. That would have been funny if she's, like, serving the organs at dinner. <laughs> That's funny. And she's like, here's some <laughs> Just completely unrelatedly, I'm a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, like, liver pate. Yeah, he thought I meant that I wanted to buy you, so like I went with it. But really, I do I do enjoy a good pate. <laughs> Except they would have had to uh, prep them f- to make liver pate because you need the livers to be. This is my fatty. pardon me if if fuck it. Okay, sorry. This is my even... this is my turducken, but instead it's a heart shoved inside a spleen shoved inside a liver. <laughs> you know all the work Riverdale does to be accurate. Did we not just spend an hour <laughs> talking about it? Oh my god, sorry. Anyway, Archie reading a note about the pit um, that he has to fight in, in the woods. He has to fight a man dressed like a bear, so that's why we yeah. need a furry yeah. fight. Okay, now very importantly, who the frick told Penelope about the bear shit? I don't know. I don't. Someone saw the scars who? and was like, I'm mistaken. That is a she, bear. Just to be clear, there's three people in this operation. Penelope Chicken Hell. Not a single fucking one of them was in Canada. <laughs> no, one you was, know what? Hell was just secretly following. Chick actually was the bear. <laughs> it was just that. It's I would love Everyone shut up. It's I would mid-summer. love if it's it looked exactly bear. like the bear that attacked him and it's just a guy who takes off a head and he's like, hi, Archie. It's and just he's literally. Like, and he's like, mid-summer. yeah. Um, he absolutely demolishes this man, and I'm I think he sure murders, murders him. him. Yeah, he murders this man. He takes a thing and bashes a, his head in okay, over no, and over. The pit is decorated with bones. It's also not a pit. It's, just it's a, not a it's pit. A it's just a field. And then he takes a bone. Now the way he lifts it up implies that the bone is very heavy. 
bones aren't that heavy. Okay. And then he goes, <laughs> oh, and then he just like smacks it down on this man's it's a head. Fake bone. It's yeah. not like a real bone. Yeah, Honey, but this is a scene where he's fighting a man in a bear suit. Can you not care this much? The physics. I would have actually killed if they got a bear. Like if it, if it was him fighting a bear. It's just a circus bear going. It's the same bear from the Glee episode. Something something about the concept of Archie fighting a real bear. Penelope was like, I wanted to make sure it was accurate. I think it's funnier if it's just literally the actual bear that got him, and it's just a guy being like, <laughs> "You loser, I got you." He's like, "Ah, he's a real bear, claws, but I'm a man, and I killed your ass anyway." It's pretty cute. Alice speaks to Edgar. Cheryl runs in and screams at Edgar and says that she saw. That her that Jason, who she's been talking to, is actually just Jason's rotting corpse. <laughs> Man just dug up a, a whole corp- fucking for body. Many, many for corpses. therapy. Can I ask something before you get mad? <laughs> yeah. Who the actual fuck is Alice talking to? Oh, you mean like who's her child? Charles? Oh, <laughs> clear. Why Betty have Polly pretend? to be sibling and chick with red hair able to pretend be Jason but only for gargoyle <laughs> not for farm for farm very important actually Jason but so definitely dead but she when Cheryl fucked. is talking to Jason unclear if dead seems super alive talk back <laughs> she not know he's dead but also definitely she's talking to the dead body which is only important <laughs> So that when Jug digs up the dead body to test if he's the Gargoyle King, the body's not there. Not for the farm, sh- but for the Gargoyles. See, Chip was all booked out, so they had no. to dig up the body. What I'm so for confused therapy. about is why did we have the whole scene where Alice literally says, and I quote, I speak to my son, when she's not, because that dead body's not there. Because and her- why did we have the whole scene with Betty seeing people who aren't there, who are not dead bodies? I no, I agree with you. I I think I think you're allowed to say. I think you're allowed to say it's Jason's dead body if you don't then, at a future time, say that Polly is pretending to be Dark Betty. And also have Alice. There's three Talking scenes to- that don't work. Yeah. Yeah. There's Alice can't talk to Charles. But she specifically says she speaks to him. So that means they have an actor portraying Charles, an actor portraying portraying Dark Betty. But when it came to Jason, they were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we have to go full realism and get the dead body and like weekend at Bernie's this dead body into talking to her. And I just don't get why that had to be a thing at all. I'm so confused by that. I mean, because they... Like, why? Because they had to come up with a reason for why... Jughead didn't see the body when he dug up they the grave. Could have just not made that. They also could have just had him see the body. I know. <laughs> There's um, no way it could have been Jason anyway. Um, the first person to do a challenge was Archie, and the next person is the Enchantress, which we're supposed to know is Veronica, which I didn't know until Veronica. Neither did I. So there's six cups set up on a table. Veronica has to pick somebody, and then those her and Betty, who she picks have to drink, take turns spinning a bottle and then p- drinking out of a cup that it lands on. One of the cups is poisoned, um, so one of them will drink poison. This whole thing goes on for so long, and you see everyone drinking out of stupid cups. <laughs> at the end, Veronica takes Betty's last cup and drinks it so that she'll be poisoned. And then Penelope's like, hoo-hoo-hoo, you're both poisoned, dumbass. Because <laughs> she poisoned every cup. Something that I found very strange is that 
Veronica's like, either me or Betty is going to die. Yes. We're going to die. Yes. Jug and Archie stand at the side and are just like, all right. Well, here's the thing. They say explicitly, if one of them interrupts, everyone dies. Yeah. So, like, if I was in a situation where one person dies, or I do something, and not only I die, but the person that was going to die dies, no, and mean, everyone else. I don't mean they step in or do something. I mean... They like cry, or they're like, "Oh my God, please oh, don't!" Or, like, I'm like, "That's true." Please don't, That's like true. Betty. Please don't do this. You don't have to do this. I'll do it for you if you want. I don't want you to do they're it. Like, like, and Be- Betty could be like, "No, I have to do it." Veronica pick me, but like Jug's just like, "Okay, go die." Good point. Jug good point. Like, neither of them like hug each other and are like, "Like, I'm so sorry." Yeah, they're just like, "Aha, fuck." They're you. like, "Go ahead." Also, because they say it's a fast acting poison. Yes. At first, it's actually a slow acting one, but at first they say it's a fast. Yeah, what acting I think one. is fascinating is that the show. The show writers write the episodes because they know what's going to happen next. Yes. Like, they know that they can't die yet. And so they write the characters as if they can't die yet. And so if you, like, watch it, knowing that it's slow acting, you understand why people aren't reacting that much. But if it was, like, one of them's about to die, then, yeah, there would be a lot more reaction. When Veronica picks up the last cup, obviously, like, they think she's going to be poisoned. Archie's not like, no, don't, do, like, think about it. Like, don't do that thing. Like, don't, maybe take a second. Or, like, he's not like, Archie's feature, Ar- Archie's experiencing brain damage. Okay, like, this is, <laughs> this is really, like, a Jughead thing. He did get his ass handed to him. Just neither of them do shit. Archie, yeah. Archie currently can't see, and Jughead is, can only see roles. Okay, <laughs> like, you have to understand <laughs> these characters, like, me? focuses. Tony and Cheryl are reunited. Oh, this is this is when Nana Rose is like, oh, they're in the woods. Penelope's been planning this for months, and you're struck with the thought Nana Rose could have stopped this. Yeah. Nana Rose um, only remembers things when it's um, inconvenient. Inconvenient. <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> only when it's like, hey, did you know? Or inconvenient, or extremely plot relevant. <laughs> then Betty almost shoots her dad after Penelope shoots. How she tells everyone to kill. Are who the cool. frick cares? They get their they get their friggin' um, antidote. Then Cheryl shoots arrows at Penelope's people, and they climb in Cheryl's truck and they drive to the farm. Oh god! Then Kevin explains a rich the the fucking ascension, but he doesn't. We don't Kevin. Know. Kevin is just like everyone's go- gone. He's the only one left behind. It's so funny to me. So the the fact that Kevin is the only like Kevin's attempt to get into the farm is so fascinating. Like, Kevin had to try for, like, six months to get into the farm to prove himself worthy, and he's immediately left behind. This also reminds me, when Alice is doing a baby prison break, they they go through the path that, like, the, the farm used to have, like Kevin's sex path? Yeah, the conversion therapy sex path. Ke- sex path. I call it dick sucking road if that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> but but they covered it in bricks, if you remember. But then Alice Go to is the like yellow dick road. Pop sucker three thousand. <laughs> the yellow dick road. Follow the yellow dick road. Anyway. But then then Alice is like, no, Edgar Edgar tore down that path. Like tore down the brick wall when they bought the farm. But I'm like, why though? Why would you do that? No, the reason that they do that is so Kevin could meet with Fangs, so Fangs would get into it because of, you know, Dick Sucking Road. 
But Kevin's already joined the farm after his long initiation process involving the double-crossing Betty not once but twice. Um, possibly thrice. And then he's part of the farm, and then they tear down Dick Suckin' Road, but they don't have any gay people left in Riverdale for Dick Suckin' Road to be, like, useful for, so it only serves as an escape route. And as a cult leader, I wouldn't, like, want that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, as a cult leader. Kevin's, Kevin's, Kevin got left behind. Everyone, I don't know why, because he's so fucking loyal. So loyal. Like, the most loyal. Leave behind anyone else. I don't know um, why they would Leave my fucking Weatherby. He got his yeah. hand if chopped they off. they came back and Weatherby was just there, like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's so funny. But, but then everyone's back. freaking clothes are there. And they only have, like, one pair of clothes. So they I have to assume they left naked. That's what your notes mean. Yeah. No, no, like, Kevin no, doesn't explain what, the, what happened. It just cuts away from Kevin. Like, well, you're supposed to assume that Ascension is they all died. But there's no bodies. Yeah. No, you're supposed to assume that something, like, really spiritual happened. And they flew and they into all... outer space on a <laughs> rocket. But instead of that, what actually happened was a bunch of people brought in, like, a spare change of clothes, put it on the ground, said, Kevin, buddy, don't tell them what we did. Just say we, we, we ascended. Bye. They all got on a bus and then left. So then you hear a voiceover saying that Penelope got away. How? That freaking! I don't. I because they were all being chased Even by children. Cheryl never misses. They were all being chased by children. But Cheryl never misses. But Cheryl was only shooting Penelope children. Penelope slipped away. Yeah, Cheryl was only shooting children. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I realize things. Um, everyone's cleaning up pops that apparently got graffitied. Um, and Cheryl, you see that Cheryl's talking to the dead body of Jason. I have one nitpicky thing that, oh my like, God. given the con, given the entire episode is, like, nothing, but uh-huh. they, the just pretty poisons it. already have leather jackets. Do they just have, like, a leather jacket guy at hand that makes whatever the fuck it's you It's Dr. Curdle it? Jr. He skins people. <laughs> my, my... How can they afford it? That's fucking expensive. That's, I mean, that's a great question. That's a good question. Yeah, because they're supposed to be a gang... With a lot of people who have less money. How the fuck are they? Because they can commit crimes. It's only the students that can. Then we have Hiram exercising in jail. Yeah, this is what I wrote. Hot, hot, hot. He's shirtless exercising. He's uggo. And, but he's not in a steam room, and that's an improvement. He's not sweating. And you might know that he his sweaty, the size of his areolas match pretty darn closely <gasps> to the size of Chick's areolas. can't be doing this and not explaining. <laughs> it's, he was confused earlier because... Um, no, no context. No context. Anyway, then the scene after that is you have some guy, we don't know who this guy is, sitting down with Betty and Archie? I don't know. And he's like, yeah. No, I think it's Betty and Alice. No, Alice isn't Alice is fucking gone! She's with the freak! (laughs) Why do you freaking think they do with the other place? She's ascended, possibly on a rocket ship. Oh, so it's probably Jughead or something. He he goes to them and like, it's really bad that Alice isn't here. And they're like, why? He's like, you might not have known this, but Alice was an FBI informant. And and she was working for us. And and you're like, what? Since when? And Betty's like, so this woman abused me for no reason. I tried, okay. When we watched the season, I tried almost every episode to trace exactly when Alice joined the FBI. I, every episode she was at the farm, I was like, do you think she's a part of the FBI yet? There were so many reasons she wasn't because she kept doing things. Especially, she made Betty 
She sent Betty to the... She made Betty stay there. And she probably knew about the organ harvesting, given she was an informant. She And she encouraged Betty to stay there. And then Betty was taken, and her organs were going to be harvested. So, obviously, Alice couldn't be in the FBI when she almost made Betty's organs get harvested. Yeah. Either, so she either joined Alice, two days ago. Either <laughs> Alice joins the FBI, and also, unrelatedly, her character trait is she doesn't care if her daughter dies. And no, it not only doesn't care. It's not like... It's not like Betty gets stuck there and she doesn't do anything. It's like she actively tries to get Edgar to recruit her. Yeah. The only reason they bring this up is so Betty can be like, uh, do I know you? And for him to be like, yeah. I'm your brother. I'm your brother. Now, very, very eagle-eared among you might have noticed that um, when Alice says she gets to talk to Charles, she never says she talks to a dead body. And that maybe, if you really want to be super darn generous towards this show, them <laughs> foreshadowing the fact that she was talking to Charles alive, who was part of the FBI. But that would mean that everything she did after that, she was in the FBI and she was actively trying to get Betty to get her organs harvested. Yeah, no, I don't think uh, Alice is a good person. I'm going to make this bold take and I'm going to say Alice sucks. No, no, I'm just saying there's more episodes. Yeah, there's more yeah. episodes? Then ev- everyone's at Pops and chats oh. about Alice, and they toast. You're missing the best part of the stupid episode. Right. This is my favorite ending to any season I finale. The best right. season finale. I love this ending. It cuts to, it says spring break, right? Yeah. Spring break, it cu- cuts Senior months year. ahead, senior year. Betty, Archie, and Veronica stand almost completely naked around a fire covered in blood. Mm-hmm. The fire's burning. Where's Jack? The fire isn't covered in blood. No. They are. You, you, where's Jughead? You may think. You may think. Where's my boy? My little, my little man. My little lad. Where my is he? Little Sprouse. Has he left the show? Is this a, an inkling? Um, and then you see Archie is is, is holding a, bl- a bloody beanie. And you're like, is that? Could that be my boy's? Beanie? And and Betty says, we'll burn all of our clothes and Jughead's clothes. And you're like, but where's where's, where's my where's, boy? Where's our boy Jughead? And then and and you're not given any explanation for that. And now. You're left on like what, like a six month, seven month hiatus while they film the next show, and everyone starts theorizing. What Where's our is boy? It, they think a lot of Where people thought boy? Cole Sprouse had left the show, and this was their way of dealing with that. Yeah, which that was his out, and he didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> they then they then wrote that Jughead dies, and people were like, "Does Jughead die?" He's and that was the other dead. theory. He is dead at the end. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. No, you can't say. I can't say what happened. What? What do you mean? Here's what happened. The reason this scene exists. Now, let me tell you, this scene is integral to the entire plot of next season. They didn't plan the plot of next season yet, but this scene is like the basis of what they based next season on. This is like the the foreground. And the reason it is what it is, is because they took KJ Appa, uh, Lily Reinhardt, Camilla Camilla Mendez, and Cole Sprouse, and they brought them all to the woods, and they said, we're going to film the end of season three. And they all got there, and they got out of their trailers, and Cole Sprouse went, this is cold. I refuse to do this scene. And they said, what? And Cole Sprouse said, I refuse to do this scene. It's too cold. I'm going back in my trailer. So he did. Mind you, they're already in the forest. And so everyone on staff was like, well, what do we do? Someone brings the beanie, and they're like, what if we just fucking throw the beanie in? And they're like, okay, I, I, I guess we'll do that. <laughs> and that's how you get to this scene, which, mind you, is the basis for next season. Oh, dear Lord. 
the entire next season. Cole Sprouse is like absent. The 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 like the structure it's built upon is that one day Cole Sprouse was just kinda chilly. <laughs> Despite his being... That's true. Really He's talked about that in interviews. Why the fuck would they not just not do it? Just get him a second jacket. They were like, we have to rack today. Like, this was it. Just have interns walk around it's with, like, so hair dryers funny. and be like, Ooh. It's so funny to me. Like, he he just didn't do it. <laughs> this was like He was supposed to be... Like, what the scene was supposed to be, they're all bloody. And they all agree to this pact. What the hell was the next season going to be? They hadn't planned it. <laughs> Oh my they Lord. literally planned it to involve this. They hadn't planned. There was just going to be a thing where eventually they all get bloody in there in front of this fire. Wow. But Cole Sprouse is like, I don't want to do that. It's too cold. And so because of that, the entire next season is different. That. I can see him because it had to be like almost naked. That's cold. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but they no, I just... love this. I love the fact that he did that. I think it's the funniest thing in the world. That they based the entirety of the season four plot of the fact that one guy was kind of chilly one night. <laughs> and no one could fucking convince him to get out there it's for five so minutes. It's so funny. No like, one was going to grab Lily Reinhardt... and be like, hold no, the blow Lily Reinhardt convinced him to sing. When he yeah. went on record and said, I'm never going to fucking sing, and he did yeah. it. And this is where I drew the line. I refuse I to be cold. I drew the line at being cold. It had a ten inch wide aerial. That's a wide, a centimeter, a centimeter wide area, Liz. 8.5 out of 10, um, secret siblings. <laughs> cop do, out. I'll give out. this a 7.5 out of 10, uh, nail clipper <laughs> circumcision. God, that wasn't a nail clipper. No, it was little scissors. It was little scissors. Nail scissor circumcisions. My oh, bad. Thank you. Get it right. Thank you so much for listening, Sarah. I have been Hiram's areola size. I have been Farif. And I have been homoerotic Russian roulette. Usually I end these with a joke, but I mean this in earnest. Please just, like, measure the <laughs> diameter of your areola. I think that's fun. I think that'd be a fun thing to know. Also online it said it's... Or you can get, like, a Online like a thread. it said they're different sizes if they're erect or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, like, I, what I really... Do mushy and erect. Yeah, what I really want... Okay, I want four measurements from you, okay? Um, Mushy off your period, erect off your period, mushy on your period, erect on your period. I want it, I want you to form like a statistical spread of those four because those I those change your areola size and I don't think there's any conversation about that. Temperature will affect if it's mushy or not. It did say that too. At zero degrees. <laughs> I want you to boil your nipple and then measure it, and I want you to freeze it and then measure I it. Bring a, a heater shower. up to it. <laughs> just take a shower. Probably has to be prolonged. Literally. I, you, you don't step into a hot shower and your areola goes... <laughs> Why not? I don't... You keep asking things. I'm like, I don't fucking look at them. Like, I'm not, like, staring at them. Like, what are you doing down there? <laughs> That's true. I don't either. Like, why would you yeah, do Yeah, but you I think that? you'll start a little bit now. I do too. I'll think of you when I do. <laughs>